The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. So good morning to you once again, Trinidad and Tobago. And uh, we are back inside Human Impact on Freedom 106.5 FM. And in studio with me, I have Mr. Kaleem Ali, who's a youth activist. He's a 24-year-old law graduate from the University of the West Indies and a youth activist for the past decade at various levels. He attended the 137th session of the United Nations Human Rights Council in Geneva and the 52nd meeting of the UNHRC as an expert on human rights issues in the Caribbean region. He has subsequently been appointed to working groups at the World Coalition Against the Death Penalty in France and as a consultant on youth, peace and security for the UNESCO Support Group. Uh, this is for the Eastern Caribbean. Kaleem serves as an executive member of the Greater Caribbean for Life. Kaleem formerly served as the Deputy CARICOM Youth Ambassador for Trinidad, the Director and Chief Operations Officer for Youth Votes Matter, and an executive member of the Greater Caribbean for Life. He has received numerous awards and recognition for his outstanding work in the legal and advocacy field, including being named a finalist for the Oxford Rhodes Scholarship. Impressive, excuse me, receiving the UE Star Scholarship and being the holder of the best debater title from the National Youth Parliament. So welcome, welcome, Mr. Ali. And congratulations on those accolades. Thank you very much. And good morning. And good morning to everyone that's listening. (laughs) So... First of all, I want to ask you, what prompted you to become the activist that you are today? What what inspired you? Okay, so back in 2011, um, when I had now gotten into Form 1, my mom and my dad separated um, mm-hmm. very suddenly. And it was hard to deal with. And I remember going with my mom to a legal aid clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an attorney there by the name of Miss Alice Daniel. And she asked to speak to me privately. And um, so my mom came out of the room and she's sitting at me and she's talking to me and she's telling me that, you know, I should not let this whole situation affect me or impact on me in any negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, not try to ignore that the situation is happening. So she gave me some pretty powerful advice telling me that my feelings and emotions are representations of energy and by law energy is supposed to run free and wild and transfer from one thing to the next mm-hmm. and i remember her telling me that you know if you stifle it all up or you hold it all in that energy is just going to make you combust and so that it can transfer mm-hmm. so she told me use that negative energy that i would find myself in and transfer it into powerful things and transfer mm-hmm. it into things that make a difference um as somebody who at that age wanted to be an attorney at law, she told me, you know, um, your voice is the most powerful thing that you mm-hmm. have. So transfer that energy into your voice. And so that kind of stared me down the line of activism, using my voice to, you know, represent persons who otherwise can't advocate for themselves, persons who are invisible faces within society. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's my origin story. That's your origin. <laughs> All right. So um, is it that in school they started, um, well, obviously it would be debate club that's where you started oh no so in terms of debate um my first experience with debate was actually at the youth parliament okay um so i took part in the i believe i want to say the 17th national youth parliament um mm-hmm. 
And I was at that point in time, mover of the motion, um, a minister with responsibility for public administration. And then, um, you know, I had the most speaking time being the mover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 16 minutes, everyone else had eight. And after that, the parliament would have invited me back to take part in the 17th, um, which was during COVID. So that was the first hybrid um, parliamentary sitting that we had in Trinidad and Tobago. It was actually what the actual parliament used used to test whether or not they could have a virtual sitting or not. Um, And so they would have invited distinguished alumni um, from the previous five to ten years. Mm -hmm. And I would have taken part, and that's why I won um, a best debater that year. And then, well, last year I had the opportunity to represent Trinidad in the Commonwealth Youth Parliament, um, which was hosted by Trinidad and Tobago. And so we had over 50 persons from all across the Commonwealth coming to debate. Um, So I think engagement with Parliament really was where my debate skills were honed, but... I've always been a very outspoken mm-hmm. individual. Um, I'm very passionate about things that I am passionate about. Right. Um, and yeah. The Okay, so there would be different fields um, to represent um, the voice that you're speaking of. What made you decide that I'm going to look at youth human rights, that particular um, branch? Right, so... Um, as a young person, I've always, well, let me firstly say that as a young person, I have to recognize that I'm privileged because I have been able to get into a lot of spaces that uh, most people within my age bracket or even outside of my age bracket would otherwise not have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting into those rooms made me realize that I am always the youth activist. I am always the young person in the room surrounded by a bunch of older persons who are making decisions. And in the beginning, um, when I guess I was much younger and I was now finding my voice, it was more tokenistic engagement than meaningful engagement. So I would go into these rooms and I would sit down and I would listen um, to these older persons, make decisions and talk about things that affect young people. Mm -hmm. And as the young person in the room, I wouldn't be asked um, to contribute. And then I don't know what changed. Something just, I guess, clicked in me and I started talking and I started, you know, saying the things that I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And that develops within me um, something that I always tell to tell other young people is that if the people at the table will not make a seat for you at the table, sometimes you have to stand on the table, mm-hmm. meta- metaphorically. <laughs> um, well, I mean, in some examples, you might very well have to do it physically <laughs> because, you know, uh, you keep on saying over and over again the same thing and they still not take yeah. you on. Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with that? Um, how do you, I don't want to use the word manipulate, but you create this space so that the people who are in charge actually hear you? Right. So that's actually been my own journey, um, creating spaces. And I think for any young person, that's an important lesson that they need to learn is that existing spaces may not be welcoming to you, but that doesn't mean you should stop. You mm-hmm. can create your own space and you can shape that space Um to create an environment that is enabling to, and supportive of other young persons and of persons who are willing to collaborate and work with young people. Um, so that is actually what Youth Votes Matter was. We recognized that um, there was no meaningful space for young people to actively engage with politicians outside of a political rally, um, which otherwise you wouldn't go to unless you're a supporter of said political party. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no no way for young people to one hear directly from persons who are 
intending on representing them and then two hear from persons who are outside of the two main political parties that usually get the media attention so we created youth votes matter for that to be the space to bridge the gap and directly connect young people with politicians um and have on the spot conversation talking about issues that specifically affect young people but also mm-hmm. issues that affect society because societal issues are also youth issues youth issues are not they don't exist in a vacuum um mm-hmm. and that we did that in 2020 and it was very successful um in terms of the type of engagement that we got within the first day on our platform we would have reached more than 150,000 persons um within the caribbean and we would have gone on to actually work with seven other countries on their general elections creating spaces for young people um so i think for me with regards to youth activism it was always recognizing that the existing spaces may not be welcoming but that doesn't stop you from creating your own space and shaping that space so that other people could benefit because you know as a young person i'm also aware that in a leadership position you can't stay there forever mm-hmm. um so even with youth votes matter i actually left this year and i my my leaving was saying okay i'm now creating space for another young person who might be younger than me mm-hmm. to, to come in and and with new passion with new ideas and ready to get the work going so yeah well on that notice the next question would be how do other people we other young people get involved in these spaces that you all have created okay so we of course live in the age of social media um mm-hmm. so i always tell young people um apart from the spaces that i've created that as an individual i am also always willing to help i think that young people need to support other young people and and that is where our strength will truly lie because at the end of the day you know 60 percent of the commonwealth's population is categorized as youth um Mm -hmm. 35 and under and that's a huge number but the reason why young people tend to get ignored or tend to get neglected is because there's no sense of solidarity amongst young people um there's no appreciation of the commonalities but also the differences that exist within young people and so for me personally you know i always tell anyone or if i go into any room and i hear something i don't need to be the person to do it somebody else could do this or somebody else might be better qualified to do this so Mm -hmm. i would pass that opportunity to another young person who i think could do a better job at it and i think that you know one that that in and of itself is a type of engagement and then two within the age of social media you know Pay attention if you if you see young people doing things that you're interested in reach out to them we have this um this bad i this bad way about ourselves as as perceiving people who do certain things as separate or different mm-hmm. to us when in reality we're all the same so i could speak for myself and i could say that you know if somebody does shoot me a message or, or and i do see the message because i mean mm. you know i am very busy otherwise i will try to involve that person or make space um there are a lot of other organ- youth organizations that are creating spaces for youth work as well so there's the op- there are opportunities to work with the undp there are opportunities to work with the heroes foundation um, and a host of other youth focused groups I think what young people need to do is not necessarily wait for the opportunity to come to them, but mm-hmm. they need to also seek out the opportunity or to create the opportunity or create for them. the opportunities for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because I found for myself, um, when a lot of the opportunities I now have would be because of things that I would have created or things that I would have started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a while, once you do something consistently and you build a reputation for yourself, that's when 
the people who hold the real power start to want to take you consider mm. take you seriously um but in terms of young people getting involved it's it's two-pronged it's you need to get involved for yourself seek out opportunities create opportunities and then two you need to be willing to put yourself out there and you have to kind of also be comfortable with the idea of hearing no or hear or, yes. or being or ignored or getting yeah. criticized or you have to get accustomed to those things i would say youth activism requires a lot of thick skin yeah thick skin like tortoise shell <laughs> that, that's one of the things that i i think all right, so we're going to close off this hour with a few ads. And when we come back in the next one, we'll talk a little more with Mr. Ali. Uh, so the questions coming up would be like, um, what are the plans for this forum? How are you intend to get there? And um, what help do you need? So we will talk about that in the next hour. This is Freedom 106.5 FM, and this is Human Impact. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5. So welcome back to Human Impact on Freedom 106.5 FM. And in studio with me is Mr. Kaleem Ali. Uh, the representative to of Fortunate and Tobago to the Youth Humans Rights Defenders Forum, which we'll talk a little more about that. But uh, Kaleem, I wanted you to repeat something uh, very poignant that you said in the last hour, uh, where we talked about spaces and passion. Could you repeat that for everyone to hear? Sure, sure. Um, so, you know, young people have to be led by their passion um, and not allow the detractors and the naysayers and the persons who try to cut them down or fit them into a box to stop them. They have to be guided by passion but at the same time, they have to understand that they have to ensure that what they're doing aligns with their passion. You can't be the young person who goes into every single room or in every single space because you could only represent for so many people or, or from a specific lens. Um, mm-hmm. So as I mentioned before the break, you know, I, I am privileged i could recognize that i am privileged so what might be a priority for me might not be a priority for another young person from a rural community for example Mm -hmm. so it's very important that as young people when you go into a space to advocate that you also in that process make connections create spaces for other young people so even if you just you know you name drop some other young people who are doing work in that area or you connect persons who are there after the fact um, with other persons on the ground you you have to and, and that's how young people get integrated properly into the process it's not just about networking yourself we have to network each other and mm-hmm. create space for each other mm-hmm. uh, uh, we were speaking a little bit off air as well and we use the term gatekeepers um, I would like for that term to change into mentors yeah. because mentors are the ones who give you the advice and actually tell you their story uh, okay, these are the trials and tribulations that I went through. And for you to avoid that, these are the things that you can do because I did them and this was my experience. Uh, are you saying that many people in your spaces can be mentors to the younger ones coming up? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think I myself would have benefited a lot from mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough. I know off air I was telling you that I always have this saying that I, I say that, you know, young people are expected to be the authors and creators of their own destiny. Yet 
older persons tend to gatekeep the pen and the paper that the young people need to write their story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to find myself in some spaces with some older persons who are willing to mentor me and work with me. Um, something that my own mentor um, says, because my, my mentor is um, the head of legal at the parliament, Chantal Arash, she always tells me, you know, that she's very proud of the fact that I listen to the advice that she has to give mm-hmm. me, but she's also proud of the fact that sometimes I don't listen and that I do my own thing. And so I think that that is the type of mentor young people need. Young people need mentors who are willing to work with them, but also still willing to let them be themselves and do their own thing. Um, as a, a younger person who's now, you know, getting a bit older, I have to also recognize, and people within my age group have to also recognize that the young people that come after us need help they need support they need assistance so that they don't have to go through the exact same experience that we had to go through and so that responsibility falls to us you know we like to put a lot of the responsibility on older persons in mm-hmm. the room but as seasoned youth activists we also have to understand that we can't hold these spaces forever at some point you are going to age out of this space mm-hmm. and it's either you leave a vacuum or you leave something that somebody else can comfortably transition into and leave their own mark and that's why i think it's so important that people my age, people like myself, become mentors for the young people that are coming up. And I guess this project that you're embarking on to represent us at the Human Rights Defenders Forum is part of that uh, development and project. So tell us a little bit about that forum, where it's going to be and what uh, what does it entail? What what would you be doing there? Sure, no problem. So um, I think, I think when you read my um, CV earlier, you would have realized that a lot of it focuses on engagement on, within the realm of human rights. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am a human, right, a human rights advocate because I am of the belief that within the Caribbean, the reason why we have such a conservative view towards rights or why we have such a, um, I don't want to say stagnant, perhaps is a better word when it comes to rights, is that we as a people were given rights. Rights were handed to us mm-hmm. at the end of whether it be slavery, um, independent, um, what I could say, independence, slavery, indentureship, whatever that process would have been. We would not have had rights then. So mm-hmm. you, you simply, you take a group of people who did not have rights and then give them rights. They're not going to see human rights as being inherent to them being human. They're not going to see it as something that they're willing to negotiate or let evolve because we didn't have this before we have it now and now we have Mm -hmm. to protect it and defend it and whilst that is true we also have to challenge it and we also have to allow human rights standards to evolve and grow so that's a lot of the work that i've been doing has been focused on that um and so the youth human rights defenders forum has taken place in brussels belgium in december of this year um, I will be representing Trinidad and Tobago and by extension the Caribbean because I always say I am a Caribbean born national mm-hmm. living in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be going there for a two day conference to interact with other youth human rights defenders, to interact with experts from the United Nations, the European Union, um, civil society organizations and NGOs, a lot of, a lot of actors within the human rights space. Um, but we're going to be talking about human rights from a youth perspective. So what are youth human rights defenders doing to advance climate change, to advance, you know, social social justice, dealing with things like the death penalty, um, a lot of things that young people are focusing on. And so this gives us the opportunity, one, to lobby it directly to the persons who are within those 
agencies that have power and that have influence. But then too, it also gives us the opportunity to learn from each other. Okay. Um, because again, it's, it's 200 people from all across the world coming together for this for these two days. Um, and so, you know, something I'm really excited for, and this is the 25th time that they're doing it because it's a yearly thing that the European Commission does, um, is they're having something called a youth cafe, which really is just an informal space where young people could go in and like meet and talk about problems. It's a network. And not just network, but co-create solutions to mm-hmm. issues that affect us. Because what you would realize, um, especially for countries that come out of, um, colonialism that came out from colonialism we are, are we are where we are beca- because of that so that shared history you would realize that a lot of countries that were once colonial uh, that were once colonies under the same colonizer have mm-hmm. similar experiences today in terms of their combating the same issues the same um, archaic laws that continue to prevent them from being able to progress so it, it gives us the opportunity as young people to kind of take a one a revisionist perspective but into a youth perspective and, and co-create solutions because human rights don't human rights are international every human being has human rights mm-hmm. so it would make sense that solutions to human rights also come from an international approach but also still be informed by local persons i think that's what the purpose of this forum is it's to so- create solutions that could work anywhere but that can be adapted to each specific context so do you think that um Trinis, because in a little while ago you you said that we were given rights, so we we not aware of um, the struggle to get them. How are you going to uh, impart that knowledge onto youth? Because I, I could disagree with you slightly, because I know that um, before my time, a lot of people were fighting for that right and put themselves out there to demand rights for. Um, well, people on the whole uh, directed to the... So it was almost like, okay, if the elders get the rights, then the youths would be able to acquire them as well. How are you going to bring that message to the younger ones to to realize the struggles that they went through? Right, so in terms of, I guess, relaying what I would learn there to young people here mm-hmm. on the ground, um, you know, I'm involved... I'm involved in several um, local CSOs that do work on different human rights er- um, areas. So what I learned there is going to trickle down to them and it's going to impact the their strategy, their approach, um, you know, the work that I've been doing with UNESCO on youth peace and security in the region. That's a regional um, project. So it's, it's comprised of persons from across the Caribbean, the English and Dutch speaking Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And, and what we're doing is um, we are whatever exposure we get we are tailoring our specific training and our mandates to reflect what we learn and to impact other young people so recently um the yps group we would have done a regional training for about 50 young persons from across the caribbean um with with (laughs) we planned we executed some Mm -hmm. of us spoke um but training young people to understand one what is what what does youth peace and security mean what is the youth peace and security agenda how can they get involved and then we challenged them um because I, i'm a believer in knowledge can't just be like you come and you know you tell somebody about something or you give them something to read knowledge mm. needs to also have some application to it so some action yeah. behind it yeah so you know we challenge them to come up with projects that they could implement within their own community using what they've learned and, and leverage what they've learned to impact their own individual societies in a beneficial way um and that 
I mean, it's, it's been going pretty good so far. We've mm-hmm. actually had some calls to do a second round of the training. And so, you know, I, I wouldn't have just gotten here just like that. It's mm-hmm. all the, the training that I would have done, the international exposure, the regional exposure, all of that would have shaped and influenced my own approach to activism and creating spaces for the young people. And so I see that happening again. You know, I... I, like I said, I work with a lot of CSOs. I I do. I started doing UN submissions. I'm sure mm-hmm. like a lot of young people don't even know that they could make submissions to United Nations yeah. when Trinidad and Tobago is coming up for universal periodic review. Um, and you know, and those are skills that I want to be able to transfer and translate onto other young people because they need to understand that they have human rights, but they are they they can't look to anybody else to to defend it or protect it. They have to protect and value their own human rights. Uh, how do you see your group affecting legislation and uh, rules and laws in Trinidad and Tobago and by extension the Caribbean? Do you think that y'all are ready to get to that point? <laughs> I will be quite frank and I will say not yet. And the reason why I will say not yet, I think in Trinidad and Tobago and the Caribbean we have this problem where we think le- legislation fixes everything. Mm-hmm. And legislation really does not fix everything. You can legislate, but if you don't enforce, if you don't have proper mechanisms for monitoring and evaluation and for actually checking to see if the legislation is achieving its purpose, then you just have a law for having a law. Sake. Sake. Mm-hmm. You just have black and white text in a book. Um, I mean, how many laws have we had so many discussions about in Parliament and they they still have not been proclaimed, Mm -hmm. right? But I think that we're not at the the stage of legislating just yet. We're at the stage of we need to change the culture. So the work that we're doing has to be transformational in the sense that it needs to challenge the way people think. It needs to encourage people to think critically and not necessarily agree Mm -hmm. with what what um because hum- you know everybody has their opinion and i'm not going to say that your opinion is right and my opinion is wrong but it's about fostering a culture of tolerance and a culture of understanding that people can have different views on things but then at the same time also understanding that there are just some human rights matters that really it does come down to a matter of it's right or it's wrong mm-hmm. um some things that you can compromise yeah. on and, and some things, things that, that are just can't. black and white. Yeah. And so it requires that we have difficult conversations as a society. We push the boundaries a little bit. And, you know, when, when you see why people hold on to, to um, I don't want to say a cake, but traditional approaches to human lens, um, tr- traditional approaches to human rights, mm-hmm. um, it's because they don't know what the alternatives are. They don't fully understand. They just know that. I have the right to this, but do you understand what that right means? Mm-hmm. How that right is interpreted, how it's applied, how you could enforce it. So it starts one with education, it starts with building a culture that is willing, ready, and able. And then when you have that, then you legislate because then you would have fostered a culture of respect for culture of conversation and yeah. you know, sorting it out. I mean a lot of the problems that go on in the world can be solved by dialogue. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> and, you know, it's always very funny that... Well, not funny. It's, it's sad. Let me say it's quite sad mm-hmm. that, you know, you would see wars will take place, fighting will take place. And then how does it end? With a conversation. With a conversation. And with some sort of negotiation, which mm-hmm. we could have simply done from the beginning. And, and, and treaties. And, you know, and, yeah. yeah, and we could have just gotten around all the other horrible atrocities that had to get us there. So mm-hmm. And the infringement of human rights. Yep. Yeah. It is 15 minutes after 10 o'clock. Going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss with Mr. Ali ways in which you can contact him and support his trip to Geneva. 
Brussels. Brussels. Yes. Right here on Freedom 106.5 FM. The best insight. Instant feedback. Accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Freedom 106.5 FM and it is 20 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock and enjoying the conversation here with Mr. Kaleem Ali, who will be on his way to Brussels to represent Trinidad and Tobago at the Youth Human Rights Defenders Forum. And if you're just joining us, let him briefly tell you again what the forum is about and how he would like our young people to get involved. Sure. Thank you so much, Tosca. Um so the forum really is about bringing and connecting 200 young people with human rights um, interest groups, human rights defenders, um, special procedure staff from the UN, the European Union, uh, just bringing experts, young people and CSOs together in the same room to collectively look at human rights and co-create solutions to some of the things that are affecting everyone in the world. As I mentioned earlier in the conversation, you, issues are not specifically youth issues societal issues are youth issues mm -hmm. global issues are youth issues so you know i'm really looking forward to having conversations with young people from across the world hearing about the work that they are doing the things that have worked for them things that did not work for them it's a great opportunity to learn um and it's a great opportunity to network and when i say network i don't want to say just network for me but it's a good opportunity for me to meet people who i could then connect with persons in trinidad and tobago and the Caribbean um, to advance the work that they are doing within human rights. How do I want young people to get involved mm -hmm. in this? Um, you know, I am going to represent youth. I'm going to represent, you know, our priority focuses um, on focal points as a young person. And so I can't do that on my own. I need to know the people that I'm going to be represented. So I want to encourage any young person that might be listening in or anyone to, you know, relay the message to young people that they know that I really, really would look, I really would appreciate getting feedback directly from young people so that when I go to represent, I can represent what young people actually want and what young people actually feel. Mm -hmm. um, because what my priority areas may be may not necessarily be a priority area for somebody else. It might even be somebody I, something I consider. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I'm encouraging people to reach out to me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is Kaleem Ali, literally just my name, K-H-A-L-E-E-M-A-L-I. And send me a message um, where you, you, you know, you identify the things that you are, the human rights that you are passionate about, the human rights causes that you are passionate about, whether it be the environment and climate change, because I know that's a big thing with young people, with, within youth now, mm -hmm. um, whether it be things related to the death penalty, um, addressing period poverty, all of those different things. Feel free to reach out to me and let me know so I can go and best represent Trinidad and Tobago. All right, so you can do that right now at 627-3223-625-2257. I mean, youth really supposed to be in school at these hours, but I know that there those who are transitioning from uh, secondary school into university that's taken a gap year or taken a gap year from university and deciding to travel and listening and, and hearing Mr. Ali request information. So what is important to you? Uh, so as we wait on your calls, I wanted to find out from you, Kaleem, how sustainable do you think um, involvement in youth activities is for Trinidad and Tobago? 
I think it is very sustainable, but sustainability in and of itself requires continuous work mm-hmm. um, and continuous transitioning. So youth activism will only be sustainable if the youth activists that exist today prepare the youth activists of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, or if organizations that work with young people continue to work with to young work people with young. and not just work with them, but integrate them into into the their strategy, into their approach. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's simple. It's like anything else that you want to be sustainable, you have to ensure that there's enough for the future and mm-hmm. so we need to ensure that there are enough young people who have spaces to advocate the things that they are passionate mm-hmm. about because i will say that there are so 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 many young people in Trinidad and tobago who have opinion i mean if you just go on twitter yeah um mm-hmm. well i guess i have to say x now um oh gosh he, <laughs> let's not talk about the mask man no, because he spoils an entire <laughs> yeah um but there are so many young people who have ideas who have you know passions and and who do amazing amazing work but it does not necessarily get the spotlight i think to us as a people to make it sustainable we also have to give recognition mm-hmm. to all the work that young people do um and when i say rec- recognition i don't mean give them you know a trophy or mm-hmm. invite them to like a special event or something like that no give them the resources give them the tools give them the support that they need um you know, young youth engagement can't just be you're bringing in people because they're popular mm-hmm. to talk about things. So you're bringing in people because they're good for numbers. You need to bring in young people who have ideas, young people who are passionate about things, young people who want to be the change. Because there are so many, um, like you know, there are so, so, so many amazing youth groups in Trinidad and Tobago, young activists who are doing work. And you know what the interesting thing to me is that our own people don't appreciate it, but it's so interesting how international organizations pay so much attention to what young mm-hmm. people from Trinidad to be on the Caribbean have to say that they have actually started flying young people out to speak. I have a few friends who spoke at international conferences at the UN, in Germany, mm-hmm. in all over, because they recognize the value. And so, you know, your own should also recognize, recognize the, the value. value. Mm-hmm. And quickly, just to, as like I said, if any youth is listening, uh, can you name like your organization so the people you've worked with that they can contact if they really want to get involved and step up to the plate and join you visiting the different forums? For sure. So I work mainly with three NGOs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, one is local, the other two are well regional and international but you can still get involved so don't mm-hmm. that, that's the first thing i need to say don't let the words regional and international, international. think that you, yeah. you don't have a space there you know earlier this year i had a, a little engagement with the secretary general of the commonwealth and something that she said to the young people in the room it was just 12 of us um she said to us in any room and in because she's from the caribbean mm-hmm. right in any room and in any space that you go in Caribbean people may always be outnumbered, but they will never be outclassed because if you put a Caribbean person somewhere, best believe they are going to shine Mm -hmm. and they are going to take initiative and they're going to come up with the ideas, the solutions and steer the conversation. And I have seen that for myself. So it it is a true statement. So don't don't let how big something songs block you from being willing to get involved. You know, for me, I see opportunities sometimes and that little voice in my head is like, oh, you're not good enough for that. You're not going to get chosen fit. But Mm -hmm. I still apply. 
because it's better to take the risk and to fail than to just not take the risk. And I wonder, I wonder if uh, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I want to encourage young people to to get involved. I do work with the um, with Greater Caribbean for Life, which is a regional NGO working on the abolition of the death penalty. Um, we also work with the World Coalition against the death penalty. Today is actually the International Day against the death penalty. Um, so I also do work with All Inclusive TT, which is a recent and emerging NGO that that fo- is focusing on equitable and uh, creating equitable spaces for young people mm-hmm. and ensuring that young people, regardless of their socioeconomic background, equitable opportunity. Um, I also do work with UNESCO Youth Peace and Security Support Group for the Caribbean. We are always looking for young people who are willing to, to share. Right now, a project that we're working on is something we're calling the CARICOM Knowledge Project. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to collect information on all the youth groups that we could possibly find. What is the name of your group? What is the work that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so that when we get that database, we're going to then send it to CARICOM and say to CARICOM, this is what young people are doing across the region and these and are the resources that these we are the need. resources they need mm-hmm. and this is how they could help you mm-hmm. um so you know those are just three I, i've done a lot of other things in the past um so i apart from if, if your interest areas don't necessarily align to mine i also know other people from being in these spaces whether locally regionally or internationally who i'm more than happy to connect you with more than mm-hmm. happy to put you in touch with um because you know you mentioned earlier about mentorship and you know i kept saying that we as older youth activists have to create space for the the younger, the younger upcoming ones, coming. ones and that's mm-hmm. us being mentors so we also need to be mentors um so yeah that i guess <laughs> oh, well you can contact him via his instagram page it's kaleem ali yep. at instagram.com i guess <laughs> hey, that's the handle and um you can contact us here at freedom 106.5 fm for his information as well uh good luck to you Thank you very to much. To the freezing cold Brussels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, enjoy the trip. Represent us well. And we wish you well. Thank you very much. And thank you for the opportunity to come on here and speak. Um, you know, I guess my closing words would be something that I echoed last week. Um, to older persons and young persons listening, we have to remember that young people are not problems to be solved. Young people are the solutions yet to be implemented. Lovely. Trinidad and Tobago, one of our future leaders. So you might as well remember his name. This is Freedom 106.5 FM, and this is Human Impact. Thank you so much. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.